Hello, listeners, and thank you so much for tuning in to the Kings for Christ podcast, where we read through scripture together and then discuss the things that stood out to us, as well as answer questions anyone may have. I would encourage you to open your Bible with us so we can read together. I would also like to invite you to join us live on Zoom every Saturday morning at 11 a.m. The link to our Zoom can be found in our Instagram bio at weareK4C. I hope this episode blesses you and helps you grow with your relationship with your Heavenly Father. Well, hello and good morning, everyone. Again, uh, welcome, welcome back to another week of men's Bible study. And today we will be going through Matthew chapter six. Um, as you all know the drill, we will just read through the chapter collectively, each person taking a couple of verses here and there. Um, typically use the NLT, but whatever version you have, that's perfectly fine. Um, it was just a way for us to kind of like uh, have something that's consistent and easy to read. So, yes, again, we'll be in Matthew chapter six. And before we start, I will pray us in. Uh, dear Lord, God, I thank you, God, for today. Uh, Lord, I thank you for uh, the opportunity that we have to uh, be here this morning to be on this call and to go through your word um, as we learn from one another and also ultimately learn about you. I pray, oh God, that. Um, our hearts, minds, souls, and spirits can be open, God, to receiving anything that you have for us today. Oh, God, I pray that you would uh, cancel out any distractions, any hindrances that the enemy may have plotted or planned against us. Um, I pray, oh, God, that our conversations are fruitful um, and that your spirit will be here and with us and speaking through us, oh, God. And I pray, Lord, that the things that we learn can truly be something that we apply to our lives, not just something that we just think about today and forget tomorrow. Uh, but rather something that we can practically use in our everyday lives. Um, I pray all the things that we've done. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. All right. So chapter six is about ooh, 34 verses. This is a hefty little. We might have some good conversations, though. Um, I'll so it's 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 seven of us. I think I'll just do like five. Yeah, we can always do like five verses and then just or whatever's left over. All right, I'll start off. Um, teaching about giving to the needy. Watch out. Do not, I'm sorry, don't do your good deeds publicly. To be admired by others for you will lose the reward from your father in heaven. When you give to someone in need, don't do as the hypocrites do, blowing trumpets in the synagogues and streets to call attention to their acts of charity. I tell you the truth, they have received all the reward they will ever get. But when you give to someone in need, don't let your left hand know what your right hand is doing. Give your gifts in private and your father who sees everything will reward you. When you pray, don't be like the hypocrites who love to pray publicly on street corners and in the synagogues where everyone can see them. I tell you the truth, that is all the reward they will ever get. But when you pray, go away by yourself shut the door behind you and pray to your father in private. Then your father who sees everything will reward you. When you pray, don't babble on and on as the Gentiles do. They think their prayers are answered merely by repeating their words again and again. Don't be like them for your father knows exactly what you need even before you ask him. Pray like this, our father in heaven, may your name be kept holy. May your kingdom come soon. Uh, may your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. 
Give us, give us today uh, the food we need. And forgive us our sins um, as we forgive, as we, as we have forgiven those who sin against us. Don't let us yield to temptation, but rescue us from the evil one. If you forgive those who sin against you, your heavenly father will forgive you. But if you refuse to forgive others, your father will not forgive your sins. And when you fast, don't fast or don't make it obvious as the hypocrites do. For they try to look miserable and disheveled so people will admire them for fasting. I tell you the truth that that is the only reward they will ever get. But when you fast, comb your hair and wash your face, then no one will notice that you're fasting except your father who knows what you do in private. And your father who sees everything will, will reward you. Teaching, teaching about money and possessions. Don't store up treasures here on earth where moths eat, well, moths eat, sorry, excuse me, um, eat them and, and rust destroys them and where thieves break in and steal. Store your treasures in heaven. Where moths, where moths and rust cannot be destroyed and thieves do not break in and steal. Wherever you, your treasure is, the desires of your heart will be also. Your eyes is like the lamp that provides light to your body. When your eyes is healthy, your whole body is filled with light. But when your eyes is unhealthy, your whole body is filled with darkness. And the light that you think you have is actually darkness. How deep that darkness is. No one can serve two masters, for you will hate one and love the other. You will devote to one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and, and, and be enslaved to money. That is why I tell you not to worry about everyday life, whether you have enough food and drink or enough clothes to wear. Isn't life more than food and your body more than, hold on, and your body more than clothing? Look at the birds. They don't plant or harvest or store foods and barns for your heavenly father feeds them. And aren't you more, and aren't you far more valuable to him than they are? Can all your worries add a single moment to your life? And why worry about clothing? Look at the, look at the little leaves of the field and how they grow. They don't work or make their clothing yet. Yet um, Solomon and all his glory was not dressed as beautifully as they were as they are. And if God cares so wonderfully for wildflowers that are here today and thrown into the fire tomorrow, he will certainly care for you. Why do you have so little faith? So don't worry about these things saying, what will we eat? What will we drink? What will we wear? These things dominate the thoughts of unbelievers, but your heavenly father already knows all your needs. Seek the kingdom of God above all else and live righteously, and he will give you everything you need. So don't worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will bring its own worries. Today's trouble is enough for you. Is enough today. Amen. Yeah. <clears throat> so let's talk a little bit. Um, that was it, wasn't it? Yeah. 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 Okay. Um, the first thing that I, I kind of wanted to, to talk about that stood out <clears throat> to me Um a part in the Lord's prayer uh, where Jesus is saying, instead, pray like this. Um, uh, it says, and forgive our sins as we have forgiven those who sin against us. <laughs> I was listening um, to this dude on Instagram. Um, his name is, well, his Instagram page is uh, Oprah's Frere. 
Um, and one thing that he had, I guess, took off from this or uh, something that was re revealed to him is what really Jesus is telling us to ask here is for God to forgive us in the same capacity that we forgive others. And so, uh, one, like, it, it can be one of a, of a humbling thing because if we aren't quick to forgive or we aren't people who are forgiving people and we're asking God to forgive us in that same capacity, uh, man, like, that's, that's a bold and dangerous prayer, I, I, I feel like, because... I mean, of course, everyone wants to experience, you know, the love and grace that God has for us and uh, for him to continue to treat us the same way, despite the things that we've done or said. But if God is going to forgive us in the same capacity that we forgive others, my oh my, we better be forgiven if we want it. For me, it's making me think about like we are asking God to forgive, give us and we have to forgive others in the same capacity that he forgives us. I guess I have like two things on my mind is like, what does God's forgiveness for us look like? And are we even capable of forgiving in the same capacity that he forgives us? To answer your mm -hmm. second question, um, it takes practice. Um, and the reason why I say it takes practice because it's not easy to do. <laughs> um, and you can start out small, right, by forgiving um someone who you know took something from you or whatever but it's harder to forgive like um <clears throat> your dad who hasn't been in your life since you know he leaves out of your life and he comes back when you're 17 and about to go to college um that's a different type of forgiveness and you have to work up to that point um but we are instructed to forgive fast um and that's it's, it's hard to practice because again we're dealing with selfishness and our flesh and things of that nature and it's hard to do but Forget, I was talking to one of my members about this this week is forgiveness is not for the other person. Um, it's for us. And it's a heart check for us to see, are we really following and living like Jesus? Um, I couldn't explain that to the member because, you know, of work. But um, in my own life, I try to forgive and it's not easy. And I, I still struggle with it because it's like, how can you do me like that after, you know, years of friendship or whatever the case may be. But then I also realize that People are not perfect as well, and I'm not perfect. So how can I hold them to a standard that I can't even uphold? And the only person that could do that is Jesus. I want to add something to that. Um, you mentioned about how you were concerned that if you even have the capacity to forgive like God, we have to understand something. God does not require us to do anything he hasn't given us the ability to do. So it may seem tough in our flesh, and believe me, it is at times. We do have the capacity within us to do. It's a matter of choosing the spirit of that God is within us mm -hmm. as opposed to our flesh, which really tends to run a rule. Mm -hmm. And you're right. Uh, it's easy to forgive if somebody stubbed your toe. Okay, I forgive. No problem. But to forgive that girl that cheated on you or forgive you know, your father who was down in your life and all of a sudden now he is and he goes back out, in and out. People of that nature get very emotional with it, very, very close to you. They can hurt you the most. Mm -hmm. forgive, slow to speak and slow to wrath and quick to listen. So I, I would encourage all of us because it's a struggle for the, all your life. Don't ever think any of us at any age have gotten that old, totally down path because something will come along that will challenge you to forgive in a manner which you've never had to forgive before. Mm -hmm. So be encouraged. You can do it. 
I needed that. Thank you. Because I'm about to I'm about to forgive somebody today. Well, not necessarily. I'm about to forgive somebody today. Um, and I know we were just talking about it before we started, but that's what I plan on doing today. Um, and it's not easy, but I know, like, how can I, you know, how can I not forgive this person when God forgives me every day um, for my mess ups and my mistakes? So, um, and it also allows opportunity for, like, um, just because I forgive you don't mean I forget what happened, so I will move differently. Um, but just the fact that I forgave you um, and let it go, um, I think it's something that is um, is what we should live by and do. But I definitely agree it's not easy. All right, so since we're talking about um, forgiveness, something that came to my mind was um, Colossians 3, 12 through 14. It says, since God chose you to be the holy people he loves, you must clothe yourself with tenderhearted mercy, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Um, then it says, make allowance for each other faults and forgive anyone who who um like offends you. Remember the Lord forgave you, so you must forgive others. And um I don't know, that just came to mind. Um because I know like forgiving people isn't, you know, the easiest thing to do, but God forgave us for everything that we've done and how like we were wrong. Um so I mean I just think as Christians like we gotta learn to forgive. And I know like that it won't be easy, you know, like you said, um Rian, like you will forgive you, but you won't forget what you've done to me. So that's just something that like came like to my mind was Colossians 3, 12 through 14. To add something to that, I just thought of but this came to my mind as you were saying that we forgive, but it's hard to forget. But isn't it amazing? That when God forgives us of our sin, he's faithful and just to cleanse us of our sin and to um, confess our sin, he's faithful and just to forgive us of our sin and cleanse us from all unrighteousness, which means he throws that thing that he forgave us for into the sea of forgetfulness. He forgets all about it. So if you go back and do something else again, you go back and remind him, well, God, forgive me. I did this before. It's like, what are you talking about? So we have to do and learn to do and grow to do the same thing. And it's that's the challenge because see, the enemy wants to constantly bring that back thing up to you. I forgave you this, and but you did it again. But you're supposed to forgive them and keep on rolling as if it never happened before and forgive them and keep on going. You know, when the scripture talks in, I don't remember where, but it talks about uh, how many times I forgive my brother, seven times seven. Well, you can't keep count. Love keeps no record of the wrong it's done to him. So yeah, it's it, we do have to forgive, and we have to work at forgetting because it will come. It will try to come back up, and all the feelings and emotions that were there before try to come with it to to cast you out of forgiving that person and reminding you and putting you right back in the same emotional state you're in before to keep you off of fulfilling God's will. Hmm. Okay, so what what if you get to a point where that person is intentionally you keep using you and you keep forgetting? Sometimes it's best. To love someone from a distance, just that plain and simple. I mean, it's not always necessarily easy, but you do your best to forgive them. But don't let somebody do the same thing over and over and over again. Because right. It's important time. You, I forgive you, but I need to part company with you for a season or put some distance because you seem to want to keep doing the same thing to abuse and abuse over and over again. And I'm not here to let you walk all over me. That's not Christ-like. Okay. 
have a, I have a question. Um, what does it look like to love someone from a distance? How does one love someone from a distance? Well, I think the first thing that comes to mind is um, just praying for them and like, like genuinely praying for them, like praying for their soul, praying for their day, you know, and, um, and um, I mean, that's the main way I think of. And then like, <clears throat> you know, you can, you can cash up somebody and not give it and not have to give them cash physically. <laughs> and sometimes that can be like being there for them, you know, if they have a need or God place you to um, give them something, you know, and um, you giving it to them willingly. And, and so that's not, I don't think giving somebody something is like, does you, uh, does you any harm, I guess. If, especially if you got place that on your heart, but that's like the two things I think of. Um, yeah, I mean, it's definitely been something that I've that I've heard before and even told people. Um, <coughs> now it's just like, how does what does that even like really look like to love someone at a different distance, or is that is it you know still love? It's probably well, of course, love is. I mean, there's there's different types of love, um, and the way that. We show it, of course, is definitely different than how how God showed it, um, his love towards us. But to me, it was just kind of like, can you really like love someone if we're loving them from a distance? Or what does that what does that look like? But I think we can show love towards people. I think the the love that God wants us to show people. I'll give an example. I had a buddy friend of mine who. You know, did some contracting work for my house to install a hot water heater. Uh, I'm going to keep the story short just so I can get to the main point. This, this hot water heater went out Thanksgiving one year. He didn't get to it. Oh, mind you, the standard is a hot water heater only takes four hours to install. Okay? So it went out. Th- a little after Thanksgiving. He didn't get to me until the day before Christmas. Okay? Then when he started to install it, yeah, halfway through and had to come back. I'm still, I already paid you the money. You already delivered the stuff. So I wanted to get the job completed. He left his tools. He didn't get his tools for six months. Had to get someone else to come in for free and finish installing the hot water heater. Loving him from a distance, man. <laughs> I still, you know, I reached out to him about getting his tools and everything else. But once the job was done, I still talked to him. I still communicate with him. I will still, you know, love on him and be friends with him, but he will not ever have the opportunity to fix a thing for me because I have to that, that, see. What I'm saying to put the distance between it because now I know you don't. I don't deal with you on that level because I can't trust you and your word worthless. But do I not pray for him periodically? Of course you do. Do I not still listen and have communication with him? Yes, I do. But you have to learn where to draw the line with some people because. Either they don't realize and recognize they've done something wrong, or they don't want to acknowledge it. Mm. So, nevertheless, that's what I'm, I'm talking about loving from a distance. I still love them. I still care about them. Um, you choose how much your fellowship you're going to have with them, and you decide what level you're going to deal with them on and not deal with them on. Does that help? Yeah, I think that's, a, that's helpful for sure. Um, so, Another another question that kind of came to my mind when Rian was talking, because you had mentioned that love is for you and not the, I'm sorry, not love, forgiveness. Forgiveness is for you and not for the other person. Do you think that that applies to God as well? Does God also, 
forgive um, because it's it's better for him to forgive. Well, because I'm sorry, because the forgiveness is is for him, not necessarily for us. Well, when you forgive, how they take it and how they accept it, you can't control that. Mm-hmm. Um, but what you can do is you forgive for you and for you to move forward. So it's not controlling your life. That's what that's the context in which I was discussing the topic. So to answer your question, um, I think God does it out of love, ultimately, um, and what he done for us. Um, so that's probably what we should be doing as well. Um, God can't speak for God. So, Well, yeah, that's true. I can't speak for God. But I think that I think that um, if God didn't forgive, if we genuinely ask for forgiveness, then he would be contradicting his word. And he'll be contradicting what he says. I think that, you know, he he promised to, you know, cleanse us, cleanse us of all unrighteousness if we confess our sins. And so for him not to forgive, that's him saying that and he basically wouldn't be God because then that he'd be saying that he's a liar. And God proves himself through his word. Um, he said what he said, he means what he said. And so for him not to forgive, it will be calling him a liar. So it's like it's when within our within his uh, uh, I guess, I, and I, I don't, I don't know. Y'all can correct me if I'm wrong, but it's also within his best interest to forgive us because he's proven that he's God by forgiving us. Mm. Because he's then, then he's aligning with his word because he doesn't go back on his word. Mm-hmm. And so the moment that he stops forgiving is the moment that he stops being God because then he stops showing mercy and love. I guess that's good. That's good. It's a good challenge too. The question. Um, what I want to add to that is, is his capacity and his nature is to love. He's not going to do anything else but love. So like you said, he sticks up, he stands up to his words. He's not going to go against his words. So he's forgiving us because he created us and he wants us to be like him. So he forgives. Does he possess the capacity within which to not forgive? Well, do we it's, I mean, it's quite possible he has the capacity to not forgive, but that's not his nature. Because he, he, he doesn't do evil. So the, that's a good question, though. It's a good challenge. I like that. Yeah, because, I mean, what, what was kind of going on in my mind is, like, um, if God didn't forgive us, would we just be experiencing, like, a bunch of wrath? So, we would. Yeah. We definitely would. <laughs> it would. We definitely would. And so in, in my mind, right, I think it's kind of where well, I guess what I'm, what I'm kind of thinking is just like God knows that in his nature is to love. And so for us to um, experience wrath, like that's not something that he, he wants us to, to go through or experience, but it's definitely something that he'll, he'll do when, when he sees fit and when it's necessary. But that's, I mean, that's why we, uh, well, that's not why we, that's why he sent Christ uh, so that we could just experience that love, experience that forgiveness, and not have to face whatever wrath he has. To I have a question. Um, if we can change the topic a little bit. Um, so, so pretty much, I don't, I can't remember where it was, but I'm pretty sure somebody else gonna say it. Um, I guess the question is: Is it bad to be wealthy and rich? I will say that I don't think it's a bad thing to to be wealthy or to be rich. I think the bad thing becomes when 
your wealth um, is more so like your God. It's something that you rely on. You trust your money more than you trust God. Um, if you have a, a mentality of like, uh, it's whatever, I got the money, I can, my money gonna take care of that. You know, my money will, will get this situated. Yeah, if it, I think if it, if it gets to a point like that, that can be the, the issue. Um, the Bible talks about for the love of money is the root of all evil. So money itself is not evil. It's just when you have this, this love for it that surpasses the love that you have for, for God, um, that's, that's the sinful nature behind it. Okay, so it's okay to be rich as long as and wealthy, as long as you know who's first in your life, which is always and should be Christ. Of course. And through that, you can be rich and in, in, in use your wealth and in, in your possessions to further his kingdom. And there's nothing wrong with that. Because I was struggling lo- a long time with the verse. Um, it's easier for um, a camel to go through a needle than for... Um, yes. Levels. Yes. But I- I've learned, and I talked to my auntie about this as well. It's not about, it's about a heart. It's a heart thing. It's not, nor- it's not you know, a literal, like, if you're rich, you go, you know, you're going to hell. It's more of a heart posturing. Wherever your heart is, you know, that's where, like, wherever your heart posture is, that's where, that will determine whether you, um, you know, go to heaven or hell, depending on your, your wealth and riches and what you use it on and things of that nature. Is that correct? Or am I wrong? Well, you're right. Okay. Yeah, and that, especially when you come to understand that what are the abundance of your heart as you speak. Mm-hmm. So therefore, it's, it is tough sometimes for people that are rich because they don't have to rely upon God as much. Exactly. Okay. As much. So I have another question. So when you, when you do get to that wealth, um, how hard is it to stay? Um, well, I don't, I, don't, I don't think it's hard, but how hard would it be for a person to stay within God's word and relying upon it solely on God? You have when the when you have the wealth, but the wealth the riches don't have you. Okay. When they have you, you're not worried about the interest and how much you're gonna get and how much more you're gonna get and what you're gonna do with what you got, as opposed to Lord God, this is yours. I'm a steward of it. So how do you want me to handle this? Okay. Who do you want me to give to today? Who do you want me to say? What do I? How do I make decisions on these stock? Whatever I'm gonna buy, so I can better serve your kingdom. So when okay. you're putting him and you're asking him for these decisions and what to do, and then you follow what he says, then yeah, it's 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 not as it is easier in that sense because your your heart is inclined to serving him and doing what he wants to do, as opposed to feeding your flesh and getting a bigger house, a bigger car, more clothes, more mm-hmm. prestige, more power, more position. It's okay. all about what you want me to do. Okay, got it, got it. Okay, thank you. Can you hear me? Okay. Yeah. yeah. So um, this description in Proverbs is something that you know, stuck was, with me. I was just thinking. Um, Go ahead. It, it was just about, um, I forgot. I can't remember if, if it's Solomon who wrote this specific proverb or I think it's someone else. But um, it basically spoke on, he was asking, telling, he was saying, like, I don't want riches and I don't want to be poor. Uh-huh. If I'm if I'm riches, I'll see myself as God and I think I don't need God. But if I'm poor, I will say, you know, I will spite God. Like, God, why did you do this to me? And if you think about the world, most people typically fall within that middle ground 
You know, there's some people that can manage wealth and still recognize that God did this for them. And there's some people that can be poor and still be happy and joyful and still know that I'm God, still know that there's a God and I'm still, I'm happy and joyful because I've God in my life and it's not because of money or anything like that. But you think right. that you think about majority of the world, most of most people are gonna fall within that middle ground. Right. Right? Don't get me rich because I'm gonna see myself as God. And don't make me poor because I'm gonna spite God. And so that's just something that came to my mind. And also with that, you know, wealth isn't bad as long as you know, like we like everybody just talked about who who was God who gave you the wealth in the first place. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. I think I was listening to something and, you know, this guy had a friend. He was like, he had like a private island, a yacht and all that stuff. And he was like, sometimes I have to remind myself that God did this for me. Because sometimes you can sit back and say, look at all, all the things that I did. Look at everything that I accomplished. And even at the level that we're at now, you're like, like none of us, you know, are millionaires that I know of and I have a pretty good relationship with all of us, but none of us are like, we still pretty young and not where we will be as far as financially in the future. But it's like, we all have to still remain humble in everything we do. Even if this graduating college, it's like God allowed me to graduate college. God allowed me to purchase this car. God allowed me to purchase this apartment, et cetera, et cetera. It's just once, because even now in our current circumstances, you can get to the point where it's like, you know, look at all I've accomplished. You start bragging. Yeah, I did this. Yeah, look what I did. Look how much money I made yesterday. Get like me. Instead of, uh, and you take that deserves. And that's when you have an issue. Because it really don't even have to be about money. It can be any accomplishment that you put before God that becomes an idol. It could be a spouse. It could be like, look how cold my spouse is. Yeah, I'm trying to find this video. I can't find it right now, but when I find it, I'm gonna probably share it with y'all. Um, but the the passage where it was talking about um uh Rion, you had brought it up of it's easier for um a camel to pass through a needle for a rich man to get into heaven. Um and there's kind of like another like meaning behind it within like how how life was going on during the time that the passage was written. Um, and so essentially what was going on is that like, there will be people who will travel on camels and there is like an eye of a needle or essentially like a, a gate door that the people have to, to go through in order to get to like another part of the land or the city or country or something like that. And, and so and in order for that camel to get through that that gate or get through the needle, the eye of the needle, the person has to get off of the camel so that way they can go in. And so another another way to kind of think of it is is like you have to remove yourself from this money. You have to remove yourself from whatever idol um, you may be attaching to so that way you can progress and move to where you need to be instead of being so consumed and attached to what this idol is. So it's insane, but it's at the same time, some people don't want to take them take themselves off of that. They don't want to have to go to, through the discomfort or the effort or the time they may take to remove themselves from the idol, remove themselves from what they're attached to so they can um, do the things that God needs them to do or really just be the person that, that God wants them to be. So, yeah, that's that's kind of like a, another way to look at that, too, which is like 
And that, I mean, it could be, you know, anything. And that, and that goes back to what, uh, what it said, you can't serve two masters. You would either love one or hate the other, right? And so if we really want to serve God, we have to remove ourselves and not be so reliant upon some of the things that we may idolize and really just rely on Christ because he's ultimately the one who can provide and do the things that we may need or want. That was good, man, because I was, I was just going to say my issue is that <clears> – <throat> is that I'm good to do it one day, you know, but how can I be consistent in that and doing it on a daily basis? Um, or maybe two or three days, I'll be good. Like, all right, I'm off my camel. Like I'm releasing my idols. I'm serving, serving you guys fully submitted, yeah. surrendered. And then what uh, a circumstance may come up or an emotion may come up or I may see something and then everything gets thrown away. It's like, how can we just like be consistent in this? Um, or is it, or is it like realistic to more realistic to think like there will be times where you're not, where you're not as surrendered or not as submitted, and you are tempted to go back into your old ways, mm. you know? Mm. So, yeah. How can we be more consistent? I guess uh, it's a relationship. Just like you have a relationship with everyone on this call, and you don't you have different relationships with each person, our relationship with God is a growing thing. So a righteous man falls seven times but gets back up. It's not how many times you fall, it's you're getting back up. And yes, you may do consistently reach out to God and keep him first for two and three days at a time, and the fourth day something comes up and and um, trips you up. And you find yourself falling back in your flesh. Well, the real purpose of it is to get your step back up, dust yourself off, and get back on the saddle. But don't let the enemy condemn you, because he'll try to condemn you and keep you in that state of being separated from God. But it's your consistency gets better because you endeavor to, to know him deeply and more deeply. And the more deeply you get to know God and experience his love and understand, comprehend, and walk in the love he has for you, the less propensity there is to sin, but even more so, the less desire that there is, because your desires are for him to be like him, to walk with him, to be with him and all the time, and the more you work on that. And so it's a constant thing. So please don't think you have to, or you've arrived when you've done it 120 days, and that's all. Well, no, you still got to go. 2021. Um, but eternity with God is that we don't ever leave his presence. So we're, we're practicing and learning for eternity now. Mm. Okay. And so where our heart is toward him, by reading his word and studying and sharing with other people and loving on people and loving ourselves, the more we spend time with him, the more we become more like him. So don't be just don't let the enemy make you beat yourself up about falling off the wagon. Just get back up. Dust yourself off. Forgive, repent, forgive yourself, repent, forgive yourself, receive God's forgiveness, and keep on going about. That is so good when you said oh, when you said then you said so much good stuff. But um that we're practicing here for uh for heaven, which is great. Um when we fall. And 
you go back to any point where we do fall and things of that nature and we like dust ourselves off what i guess when, when we do it for we, we said we doing it for the further minute kingdom of heaven when we do get to heaven like i guess i i'm not i don't know what i'm trying to say but think you want to stab at that first let me really understand it and i'll try to back you up on that okay hold on let me th- let me think i'll come back can you what can you kind of revisit or talk talk again with like just just share some of your thoughts again so what he said was good like how it's practice for for when we get to heaven so when we do get to that point like it's i know it's a lifelong process but at what point do we like stop doing okay at what point do we like stop doing like certain things like at what point do we just like stop sinning or stop like, no 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 not no, no stop sinning because we'll never stop sinning i mean like doing certain sins um so like for example so say somebody who you know love god but they smoke and drink um and go to parties a lot right mm-hmm. so at what point do you like yeah, you forgive yourself for things of that nature, but at what point do you be like, okay, in heaven, I know I'm not going to be able to do this. So, like, if I'm practicing for now, I mean, if I'm practicing for heaven, why do I continue to do this, you know, if that makes sense? Because if we practice it for now, we all practice it for something less after death. But what what are we practicing for? I think there there has to be a heart and mind change about whatever this this thing is um before the person can just automatically stop and so just to kind of I guess help gather what's going on in my my head I kind of use this analogy a lot but um for the people that you genuinely love for the people that you know you genuinely care for um if there is something that they do I'm sorry if there's something that you do that they don't like it would make sense to you to stop doing that thing because of how much you love and care for this person that you would avoid doing something or even you would do something that they do like or they do um, appreciate because you have a a love for them. Uh Um, But there's also the aspect of like when you recognize the effects that some of these things are having on your life and how it can affect others you'll get to the point of recognizing that, okay, I should probably stop doing this because not only is it affecting me, but now it's affecting people that I love and care about. Uh-huh. So I, I don't know, I don't know where, when that point is or how long that takes. Um, but what I, what I do believe is that when you get to the point where you recognize the effects it has on yourself and others that you really love and care about, you will begin to start at least making efforts to minimize how often you're, you're doing something. Uh-huh. I think at the end of the day, we're all going to have some type of desire, some type of thing that we really do enjoy, um, whether that be something that is considered sinful or not. Uh, but it's, it'll be hard to just break uh, or just to stop doing, especially if it's something that, that you enjoy. Yeah, and like to add add to this, like uh it reminds me of uh like what Paul said about God not removing that thorn on his side, that thing that um you know that he, that he was dealing with it in his flesh. That I don't know, like I don't have any uh anything after that. I guess I just it just reminded me what you were saying, Rihanna, reminded me of that and how we're always um 
there's always that war inside of us between our flesh and um mm-hmm. our spirit. spirit yeah and that um like what zeke was saying as we get dive deeper into relationship with god we learn what he likes and what he dislikes and then we make a decision to do more of what he likes and then we ask god for the strength through the holy spirit to um, act out and move on that decision and uh as long as we on this earth, we are going to be fighting um, uh, against against this flesh, and God and God knows that. That's why He sent His Son Jesus. And uh, I think also too, like that thorn is kept there to keep us humble, to keep us, you know, reliant on God. Um, I think, uh, and I and I and I think that's why maybe, and I have to like read it, I guess, but I think that's why God didn't even remove the thorn in Paul's side, I guess, because, you know, we have, we, we, there's always God made it to where it's like, we will always have a need for him. Um, well, just I guess, to pick you on that a little bit, uh, please understand. Remember God told Paul, my grace is sufficient. So instead of focusing on that thorn in your side, focus upon my grace to get you through this. That situation happened to me about a month or so ago. And I was really, really troubled by it because it hurt my feelings. It was embarrassing and everything else. And so I'm focusing on the embarrassment in this one venue, one avenue. And what God did was sent some great things my way to demonstrate to me that, yes, you may have done something over here that wasn't right, but my son, I still love you. And because I love you, I provided for you in this way, that way. And I sent you people to love upon you and show my love to you. It was that goodness that he did to me and toward me and showed me that he still loved me in spite of the fact I had been disappointing him or let him down or I wasn't perfect. It's not about striving for perfection. It's about striving to love him and be like him and to be pleasing in his sight, but not worrying about the perfection and worry about the imperfection, but loving upon him so much that we imitate his love toward us by imitate by um, loving him back. You, under, you understand what I'm saying? Yes, sir. Okay. I want to make sure I communicate that because it's easy for us to condemn ourselves when we don't quite make the mark. Okay. Mm-hmm. But as long as we're in this flesh, we're going to miss the mark. It's now missing the mark, but still getting on track and saying how much he loves us and wants for us. And his goodness makes us not want to do that thing, whatever it is again. There is a sin that's so easy to beset all of us, whether you admit or not, but you're less likely to do that when you stay in his love. Uh-huh. Okay. Stand word by fellowshipping with one another. Hope that helps. It did. Thank you. Yeah, definitely. So I was I was looking at that verse, um, verse 22, uh, where it says, Your eye is a lamp that provides light for your whole body. When your eye is good, your whole body is filled with light. But when your eye is bad, your whole body is filled with darkness. And if the darkness you think is you have is actually darkness, how deep that darkness is. And so that that scripture is like that part is always making me think about like you know how is important how much is it important to watch 
or to be yeah to be aware of like what you're looking at to be aware of like what you're putting into your body um whether it's food wise or what are you consuming music wise or social media wise or um because all of these different things um can affect your insides and so and have you you know next thing you know you're influenced to go a certain direction or i, I guess my question is something I was like thinking about is like, does what you listen to, what you watch, does it has a way of um, morphing or changing what you have a desire for? Whereas if you had like an appetite for one thing, it, that changes because of what you've been listening to or what you've been watching or whatever, speaking specifically to like, you know, like, porn or uh or music that degrades women and now next thing you know you're desiring a specific type of woman because you're just constantly consuming um a certain type of you know video or whatever and now you want to do with the things that you watched or um or, or you're not happy until you have that thing or whatever music so it's like yeah that's my question is that like, does what you watch, what you consume, does it start to morph your appetite, morph your desires to where you now are liking and doing things you wasn't doing before? Yeah, I, I mean, I, I believe that the more that you look and consume something, the more you're gonna, the, gonna want it, especially if it gives some type of like pleasure behind it. Um, to kind of provide an example, I remember one time, um, I think it was like my sophomore year in, in college, there used to be like these chicken wings at this place called Club. Um, and my friend had brought them to me one day and they were like, like really good this time. I, I don't know if she like added some seasoning to something to it or what, or she just gave them to them how, how they came. But I was like, wow, like these are really good. And- At Club though? What? Yeah, I'm going to try to get these same things tomorrow. I'm going to go ahead and get them tomorrow. And when I go, they didn't taste the same. And I was like, okay, maybe it's just a bad day. Like, I'll, I'll just go again, you know, the next time. And I came again, like, the next time, and they didn't taste the same. I mean, I, I did this for, like, a couple weeks of trying to, like, get these wings because they were good, but they just weren't tasting the same. And I'm just like, bro, what the heck? Like, did, did she do something to me? Like, what is – why are they not tasting the same? But because – it just was so good to me that that one time I was trying to chase and get back that same, like taste the same, same flavor because how, how good it was to me. And so I think that's the same thing with us, like with, with anything that we do, if there's something that we like and something that was really good, even if it was that one time, we're going to continue to chase out there because of how good it is. Um, and it also makes me think about like a passage that says taste to see how good the Lord is. And so, like, once you like really truly get a glimpse or truly get a taste of how good God is, you'll never want to like go to something else or try to find it, find something else that can give a fulfillment because it's like this is this is sufficient, like this is enough for me. But yeah, the more you consume something or take in something, the more you're gonna want it, um, or even the more you'll start to to speak or talk or act like whatever the thing is you're, you're tasting. I want to bring up a verse that kind of hit me, if you all don't mind. And that's not to neglect verse 22, but something I've worked on, I think, and it's really 33. And that is, 
I mean, I'm gonna skip it way ahead of where you are. But <clears throat> treat the kingdom of God above all else and live righteously. He will give you everything you need. Now that has spoken volumes to me because when there have been times when I didn't make the money that I wanted, or I didn't have the house that I wanted, or didn't have the woman that I wanted, I purposed in my heart to learn to seek God first in everything. And if he is my everything, then I won't, he'll give me what I need to fulfill my, the desires of my heart. So if I don't have something yet, I don't need it yet to fulfill what he wants me to do. As long as I put him first and seek his kingdom, his way of doing things, his teachings and instructions first, he then blesses everything else. Example, like um, DJ, you play basketball. You seek God first and all that you do, he then gives you the ability to make that jump shot, make that three-pointer, okay, or whatever it is. Zeke, you seek God first. He gives you the best friend you have. He gives you the job you need to have to take care of your life and everything else. But you're seeking him first, not that thing. So I, I just wanted to say that because it's really easy for young men to you know, want things, house, clothes, cars, et cetera, et cetera. But when you seek God first and let him give you, and when he gives you, he'll direct you, he'll guide you, he'll show you. And there's a difference between you seeking out yourself. You can try to have connections yourself, and they just don't work. If you step back and let him send people to you, he'll send people to you. He'll send you to people that will then bless your life and give you the things that you want. I just want to share that and just kind of share my struggle with it, too. So so what uh, what does seeking God look like? You know... The first thing that comes to my mind is like the same way that you would seek or pursue a friend or someone that you're attracted to or someone that you um, are in relationship with. Um, and so let, let's, so let's, let's go kind of like the, the pursuing marriage route. Um, in a sense, it's like, if this is someone that you, you know, really want to spend time with, um, you'll do things for them that they like, you'll try to figure out, um, more about them, you want to learn about them, you spend time with them, you talk to them, you want to go experience and do life with them. Um, you're really, you know, seeking them because this is, you know, your your best friend, your partner for life, someone that you truly love. Um, Y'all have some things that are in common and, you know, you just want to spend time with them. And God ultimately is, I mean, he's He's all that in, in war. Um because he can also be like a father to us on someone who can provide things for us that other people cannot provide for us. Um, and so seeking God looks like um, spending time and just, just talking to him throughout your day. Um, even with like, when it comes to prayer, like, you know, oftentimes I kind of, we, we kind of have like the, the image of, you know, closing your eyes around your head or like being, you know, like at the throne or like on your knees or something um, in like a prayer position, like you can just walk, as you walk into the grocery store, just talk as if God is right next to you and just, just have a conversation like that. Um, but yeah, I mean, being in your word and, and, and trying to, to learn more about him um, or even allow him to, to speak to you through that way. Um, seeking God can, 
I mean, it can encompass a lot of things and we shouldn't just uh, put God into a box as to like, you know, God can only operate in this way and I'm only going to allow God to operate in this way because you're putting limits on a God who is limitless. So if you only allow God to, to work in a certain way, um, you're really not going to fully experience him um, because you're only, you're, you're, you're like, God, God, I know you can only operate in this way. So I'm going to let you do this. Like God can do, can do so much more than that. You know, that's good. That's good. Yes. It's a simple, sometimes people make prayer out to be almost holy and righteous and all knowing God and we love you. And, and that's fine to some extent, but think of God <laughs> on one sense, like your boo <laughs> and think of God as your homie. <laughs> Okay, how are you going to talk to them? You know, yeah, there's one way you intimately talk to your boo and all that kind of stuff like that, but there's another way you talk to your homie. Yo, man, this is what happened to me today. And that's what you do. And when you're honest with him, he loves it. Because all he wants to do is fellowship with you. He created us for fellowship. He wants a big family. And so just keep it real with him. And yeah, you might walk along and talk out loud. (laughs) I've done that. But sometimes it's a matter of, like Zeke is saying, I really want to back that up, is just thinking about him as you're doing. Okay, Lord, I'm, I'm about to get out this call, Lord. Is it going to please, can I leave just yet? Can I go get ready for this other business, other meeting? I got to go to, uh, I'm about to put on these clothes. I picked the right clothes today. What do you think? It'll give you a suggestion in your mind of what you, you know. But you still can choose, but he'll order your steps. So seeking God is really just involving him in every decision that you make and stepping back and either, you know, letting him direct and guide your steps or give you the words to say in a situation when you're ready to cuss somebody out because they did you wrong and replacing the words with, with what you should say that's going to be seizing the situation or sometimes just shut up and don't say anything. So it's, I hope that helps, you know. I definitely yeah. And also, too, like the Holy Spirit will help you as well. Um, and I started thinking about that when you said like the Holy when somebody go off when you trying to tell them you want to go off on them. The Holy Spirit will tell like will stop you and will convict you of, you know, this is not what I'm supposed to be doing or um, things of that nature. Um, so I just want to say. Well, I was going to ask like too, like so. And then so then when how do you know when it's the, the Holy Spirit moving, I guess, because some people call it that 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 gut feeling that uh intuition how do you know that it's the holy spirit that's pushing you to do something or to not say anything at all um well i like to bring up the example about how like the whole like mary and shauna thing like it took me so long and i asked god like i like i was like lord like i need a i need a point i need like an answer right and i don't and i don't need like something i gotta figure out like i need a yes or a no and then, like, I tell people this all the time, like, when he told me yesterday, the week before we got engaged, like, every time I looked at the clock, I saw her birthday. Every time. When I woke up and when I was about to, when I randomly look at the clock, every time. And that was confirmation for me. Um, and then him obviously telling me yes over and over again um, to do it. And it wasn't no, like, gut feeling. It wasn't, like, no intuition. It was him literally showing me that, you know, that, one, he was going to take care of me regardless. And, two, um, that's what I was supposed to be doing. And I prayed about it as well. So prayer is, is, is good too. 
you know, I, I for me, it's, it's still kind of something that I, I kind of wrestle with and trying to figure out. It's like, man, is this really God? Is it just me? Is it the devil? What's, what's going on? I feel like the one thing that uh, I believe is, is true about whether or not this is of God uh, when it become when it at least comes to decision making is if it's something that that gives you peace, um, and if it's if it if it is so, then I, I believe that it is from God. But if it's something that's going to cause a bunch of like chaos, or maybe not even chaos, if it's just like a bunch of confusion, uh, something that's stressful, uh, something that becomes burdensome. Uh, sometimes I, I I would I would say that I don't know if that's if that's of God or that's from God. God does things in in a, in a decent and orderly fashion. Um, and if this is not, and if that's not the case for you, um, then it may not be of God. But then sometimes too, like what I wrestle with is like, okay, so then when is God putting me through some type of like trial or something? Cause there, there's going to be times where like, I'm I'm going through things in life. Um, James talks about, you know, consider pure joy when you face trials of many kinds. And so I, I still wrestle with that too. It's just like, dang, like, okay, God, like this is, this is a trial. This is something that's, that's hard for me. Like, is this something that, that you are doing in my life for a purpose? And if so, you know, what is that or what's going on? Um, or is this just not of you when this is just some, some evil that's going on? So I feel like it's, it's still hard to try to figure out on your own or decipher on your own. Like, is this really of God? Is this from me? Is it for something else? Uh, but I, I feel like the, the best way, of course, is just to, you know, spend more time with God. Um, the more time that you are with someone, you'll start to be familiar with what they sound like, what their voice sounds like, how they speak, right? And so the more time I'm spending with God, the more I'll understand, like, this is from him, this is not from him. So, like, you know, your family members, for example, like, you know what their voice sounds like because of how much time you, you spend with them. You know what the type of things that they do because of the time that you spend with them. So, in the same sense with God, like, the more time I spend with God, the more time I'm, I'm in scripture, I'm praying and things like that. I'm going to kind of have a, a, a ear of, like, or get a sense of what, what his voice sounds like or um, how he's speaking to me and what the things that he's trying to reveal to me. And, yeah, that, I mean, honestly, that's, that'd be the, I feel like it's one of the, the main ways to really decipher is this of God or if not. Yeah, I mean, what you said about how um, a decision making and if a, a certain path gives you peace, peace is a is a fruit of the spirit. And yeah. so it's like that makes sense that, you know, if it gives you peace, then that, that is a sign that the Holy Spirit is um, maybe pushing you towards that direction. Um and I was just making me think about all the fruits of the spirit. Like if a decision is um, is encompassing or, or like has like any of the fruits of the spirit involved in it, then more than likely, then the Holy Spirit is pushing you towards that. Like if it's if 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 that decision is going to produce love or produce peace or faithfulness, gentleness, self-control, all these different things, then you can um, best believe that you know, the Holy Spirit is pushing you in that area because it's a characteristic of the Holy Spirit. So, and, and also too, you can think about this too. Like if somebody, if you present the, 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 um, the problem or whatever you have to somebody who you, you know, confide in and who also is a believer and you can, you know, and that's why God tells us to, you know, be in community with one another. So that way I can run stuff by, 
you know, certain friends and they could give me wise counsel as to what to do or what not to do. Yeah, I mean, you can always lean on to a uh, guy the community too. I think that's another way that God can can use and speak to us uh-huh. through people. Definitely. Yeah, because like, because like, if I present a problem, like, say, like, I'm like, um, oh, I don't know what to do about um, if I'm gonna do something with this girl or not, right? And I'm like, oh, I want to do it, and I'm about to do it this weekend, and then I'll talk to y'all, and it's like, and y'all tell me, well. Let's look at what the scripture says and let's really dive deep into what, you know, what decision you about to make. And, and then I'm about to ruin my life. But y'all, <laughs> you, you know, y'all stop me from potentially like, you know, having a baby with this woman, with this random woman that I know just based off of the decision that I wanted to make. Um, but after seeking wise counsel, I reevaluate that. And I'm like, you know what? I'm not going to go over there tonight or whatever the case may be. And I, I think that the hardest thing, at least for me, that I've like starting to grow in when it comes to community is just being being honest and vulnerable. Yeah, um, because we have a, I have a tendency to, you know, make things sound like things are going okay, you know, mm-hmm. and when sometimes it's not, um, and sometimes maybe, um, I don't, I don't share like all of it because I don't want people to think like, oh, Eddie crazy or uh, something wrong. Why something always wrong with him or like or just judging, and then also just a part of me just wanting to be private about it and keep stuff to myself and kind of figure it out myself when I know that I can't, <laughs> why I'm always coughing. Yeah. like, But I know that I can't live the life alone. I can't do this by myself. And that is good to seek counsel, wise counsel, have godly community. Um, and I was just looking at this Instagram post from this guy. He was just saying like, you know, you have to be, you have to open yourself up for criticism and in going but when going to the right people not only will you get that criticism but you will also get that affirmation as well and so um yeah that's what i'm you know still trying to grow in um open myself up to criticism and also affirmation so i can you know figure this life out and be be on the right track so and also and also too eddie that's how we grow right um that's how we like grow in life because if I'm doing something and I don't see a problem with it, you know, I'm good. But if I come to y'all and I'll be like, Hey, y'all been doing this. You like, Oh, I don't think you should be doing that. One, I'll stop doing it based off of, you know, the wise counsel and, and I, I'm seeking, um, seeking out what, you know, somebody who I think is, you know, I value their opinion and things of that nature. And also too, um, you grow, right. You grow in the sense of like, okay, now I know I shouldn't be doing this. And then I ask y'all, well, what should I be doing? And then y'all direct me to like Jesus or a friend or um or counselor, whatever the case may be. DeAndre, what's up with you, boy? How you feeling, man? What's on your mind? Nah, everything, everything's smooth. Uh I did like when Eddie said that, how do you know, like if it's the Holy Ghost? Yeah. I used to always think like it was gonna be like verbal talk. Like he's just gonna like say something like in a dream or something but then I came to a realization like recently like maybe like I say in the last two months like it comes in like all different type of forms so it like it can be something that just like weighing on you where you just feel like like this feeling where it's just you got to make a change or it's just like some events will happen like in order and then just like you realize like 
after like dissecting what's going on like maybe this is what he wants you to do so like for me <clears throat> it was to stop thinking so much and deep into everything and just like let him like flow in my life I would like overthink like everything like do I gotta pray like this do I gotta do this do I gotta say that so now when I pray like I just like talk like you know, say whatever, like, that's how he spoke to me, like, just, you know, it's just a little stuff. Yeah, I think uh, a lot of times uh, we kind of think that God is going to speak to us in a way that's audible, and I, I mean, of course, he he still can, um, it's just that that's not, it's not always, always the case, um, and if we only expect God to speak to us in, in an audible sense, uh, I think we are, are limiting God to, to something to something that of course he can do, but it's just like, he's capable of doing a lot more than just speaking to us in that way. Uh, and that kind of goes back to what I was saying, like putting limits on a limitless God uh, and not really allowing God to operate in your life in the way that he wants to, or, or he can operate. So sometimes we just got to like say, God, whatever it is that you want to do in my life, you know, do it. Lord, Lord, have your way. Um, but putting yourself in a, a position of, of submitting to God is always a, a good thing to do, but also allows you to really like, you know, hear from God. Yeah. So for like an example, I just thought about this like two seconds ago. Of course, like when you pray, you pray for like, no, I well, when I pray, I always like ask for like God. And it's like when I'm reading his word, because sometimes I do be confused um, or like, I know like Trey be like, I text her like, yo, what did you read last night? Now I read it. And then sometimes I get it. And then sometimes I'm like, yo. So I always ask for like, you know, stuff like that. But when I ask for like, like God, like, you know, show me if, you know, social media and influence is something that you want me to do or like, you know, help me grow and do the things or whatever. And when people say he don't do it right away, but he'll do it like when it's time, bro, he really mean that. So I've been praying that for like the longest. Like I always pray like my career and stuff like that. Now I pray about like social media and like just getting a little like something. And you see, I just texted the group chat like two days ago or the past two days. It was like, yo, I just reached 200K on TikTok. Now I'm 200 followers away from being monetized like on the social media influence and I can start getting paid on TikTok. And when I was asked for this like three months ago, it wasn't happening. My views was like 300, 400. Now it's like, and this is like something like I pray for, like, and it like, you know, something that I asked for and it didn't happen right away, but it happened three and a half months later and bigger than what I thought it was going to be. He listens to me, you know, you know, it's not always like when you want him to, but, you know, eventually he'll show you like what he has envisioned for you like when I talk to y'all about like the new position now that I think I, I asked him like what he had envisioned for me I've always been in sports I'm not in sport when it comes to like graduating the first week out there I would be in like government I always thought I'd be in sports and when I keep kept asking like you know what do you have envisioned for me like for my career with the start stuff like this I always thought it was going to be sports or something like going to sports. I am nowhere near that anymore. So, you know, sometimes I often feel like the the thing that we want to do when we growing up probably don't really 
farther what we want to do. You, when you, when you probably hit like, you know, late high school, kind of early college, you'll probably have a better idea of what you, what you want to do or what you really want to pursue. Um, but I, I mean, it just comes from, you know, reality, uh, recognizing and seeing what was going on in this world, uh, what people, or not, not what people, but you kind of get a better sense of like what you really have to do to get to that point or what you really have to experience in order to get to what you're trying to achieve. Um, and sometimes it, it can be discouraging for people. Sometimes it can be like a turnoff to some people and you kind of have like a, a change in your mindset. But at the end of the day, like as long as you're pursuing something, you know, that is something that you enjoy, you will probably never feel like that you're at, you're at a job. You'll feel like you're fulfilling your purpose because you're doing something that, that you enjoy and you're able to live comfortably. I just think that yeah, like the sermon, the Sermon on the Mount, as with all the the Gospels or whatever, but the Sermon on the Mount specifically is like really good because it's like Jesus basically teaching us how to live, you know. And it's like every word that's in here in this sermon is like this is these are Jesus's words. So it's like if we want to know like what to do or whatever, we, we can look to this sermon, you know and get that direction this is like this the sermon that you can listen to over and over again and never get tired of it jesus was preaching if i they was <laughs> they had an organ that would have been a perfect time while he was <laughs> while he was speaking on this stuff so <laughs> now what uh something that i that i learned too um about like the sermon on the mount is that well one of course like Jesus didn't have a microphone and speakers to, to speak into so that everybody can hear him. So, you know, teaching all these people, he's probably not going to be yelling, you know, for a whole this whole time as well so that everybody can, can hear him. But what's really going on is that, like, if you really want to hear what Christ has to say, you're going to have to be real close and, and kind of get almost face-to-face to where you can actually hear um, the words that he's saying. Mm. Um, and the, the beauty about this time is that like a lot of these, these messages is something that, uh, the disciples have heard multiple times. And so, you know, they're not going to pull out their, their iPhone and start recording what, what Jesus said, but because they've heard it so many times, they're able to rewrite it and mark down it. And now we have like, you know, letters of the Bible of words that Jesus has said, because they've heard it so many times. Now they're like you know, memorize it because of that. As we wrap up this episode, we just want to thank you all for tuning in. And we just hope that you stay tuned. Stay tuned for more episodes as we continue to kick this out and continue doing this in the future. And while you at it, follow us on Instagram at we are K4C. Again, on Instagram, follow us at we are K4C. And along with that, share it with family and friends. And we hope that this is not the last time that you've taken the time to hear from Kings for Christ. Until next time.